Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Okay, we're well into hour two. This is, I, I, as much as I'd love to blame Pinder for everything, on a day when his connection stinks and he's barely been on the show, it really does fall back into my lap. So I'll take full uh, responsibility for it. Pinder report coming up. Joined uh, by Stephen Broad. I apologize, Steve. That's there's there's no excuse. It's all me. I uh, well, I, I'm confused. I got to say because I you know I tune in a little early every every yeah. uh, Tuesday and Friday so that I can hear the Pinder report because it's good to know what's going on in the world and that's my main connection to the outside world now. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I hear and I hear and I hear Saravelli on there who's awesome, like uh, one of my faves and also one of our regulars on the show here. So I'm listening to Frank and thinking, but that's odd. Frank shouldn't be there now. Frank, I'm sure has another. It was going to turn up somewhere in the show, mm-hmm, but this yeah. is this is the Pinder report. And then I hear allusions to Pinder being disconnected in some way, which is strange. And then Pinder's <laughs> there though, speaking to you. Yeah, disjointed. So how can all these? Yeah. How can all of this be true? <laughs> oh, what a tangled web, Steve. Uh, <laughs> well, Sarah Valley's covering the Western Conference Final. He's got a plane. Yes. To ca- he's got a plane to catch, so he sl- he slides up a little bit. Uh, we don't care where Pinder goes, so if he gets the boot, that kind of thing. So it's uh, moving parts. And he's not in studio, uh, uh. and it's an internet issue. The thing about doing shows on the internet, if you don't have good internet, tricky. Yes. Uh. See, I can, I, I, I can make fun of this now, but as someone who's about to head to a more remote part of Canada mm-hmm. and will be entirely reliant on the internet, for, I, I, I will just keep my trap shut for the moment. Did you, it comes down to needing you need the hard wire. Did you get the hard That's wire right. figured out there, Pender, or not you so much? You need the Ethernet. You need the Ethernet. Not, yeah. not seeing a hard wire. Ard? No hard wire mm. there? All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's all about the Ethernet. If it you don't is. have the Ethernet, then you're relying on the Wi-Fi, and you're relying on the Wi-Fi. Of, uh, can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Trepidation. So Trepidation. Would it, be, is it a, would it be official to say that the Blue Jays are the hottest team in the majors? Back-to-back yeah. sweeps, they're rolling. The hit, the, obviously, the bats have come alive. They, uh, they're not uh, lobbying to fire anybody or trade anybody right now. They have, I believe, as of this moment, the third best record in the American League, um, which is you know a big change. They've won what eight in a row. They are thirty and twenty. Um, they're scoring a ton of runs suddenly, um, and they're about to go into a very soft part of their schedule. Uh, now they're about to enter into a long part of the schedule where they have almost no off days, which is uh, stuff that's happened because of the lockout and the compressed the compressed 162 games. So they've been through that a couple of times already. But uh, in terms of opposition, you know they're coming off consecutive sweeps of the Angels and the White Sox, both of which are would be playoff teams right now. They now enter into the world of the Twins, who are good this year. You know they're ahead of the White Sox, but we're we're waiting to see who. Among the twins can't come to Toronto because of their vac status. That will be something we learned today. Um, and then they and then they suddenly finally end up with the Royals and the Tigers, and even the Orioles are not just not that far. They begin their 19 games against the Baltimore Orioles. So all of the folks who said, you know, it's early and this is a tough part of the schedule, and this team is good enough offensively that they can't be as bad as they look right now. Um, they, they were right. Um, and the, the other part of it is that I still think you can look at the team and say they're not totally firing on all cylinders yet because Vladdy's still not, you know, aside from moments, 
Vladdy's still not looking like Vladdy. Um, Teoscar Hernandez has just come back to life in the last three games. Guriel has just started to kind of come back to life. Bo Bichette has you know, been okay, but not all world Bo. Uh, so that there's still there's still some untapped potential here with the team offensively, even though they're scoring a million runs every game. So it is, uh, yeah, I think everybody's taking a deep breath here. And now they're, now they're kind of looking around and saying, well, yeah, this is a playoff team. And what are you going to do? You're two months out from the deadline. What do you, what do you need to do? The Ryu news is a, was a little disconcerting, but honestly that at this stage, Ross Stripling is an upgrade from Ryu as your fifth starter. You know, it hurts your depth, but on, on a kind of uh, day-to-day basis, I'm not sure that it's going to hurt you a ton. I know we talked about it with, <laughs> with sorry, Ryan, I was going to say with Kikuchi, when you have a language barrier, and obviously Ryu's not, not new, he's been around for years and this is nothing new, but I, I often wonder how you must feel a little bit alone when you're a pitcher, when so much of the game comes down to you. You, you control your arm and your ability, and then you've got, I, I just think there's got to be some, some tough, quiet moments in a pitcher's mind when you don't, you don't speak the language, or at least fluently enough that you're comfortable speaking to the media or talking uh, publicly about it. I think it could be some tough times there. I, no, look, I think it's, that's a really, you know, it's a good point. Um, he's been in the major leagues for a long time, and uh, but he still functions entirely with a translator. Even for meetings on the mound, he uses a translator. I get it. You know, like that's it's. We all kind of say, well, why don't you know? Haven't you picked up the language by now? Well, you know, go drop into Korea and let me know when you you feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> not it's not easy. And and the thing for pitchers is, you know, it's it's a fine line. Like yeah, yes, if somebody's hurt, hurt. You know, if they if their UCL blows up or they have a shoulder issue or they you know, pull a hamstring or something like that or their Achilles goes, yeah, you know it. But a lot of the stuff is more subtle than that, and it's you know they're, so they're super hyper aware of every little ache and pain, and they're making you know pitching is an unnatural motion to start with, so you're making your body do something that it shouldn't probably do, and so if you get a little, you know we hear forearm tightness or or uh, something like that it sounds like well you know do you pitch through it what's what's the right thing to do in that circumstance is it to to play through it because you know you're always going to hurt a little bit uh trying to throw a baseball the way they do but what if it's the you know this is the tiny little you know this is the the tick 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 in the back of your head that's telling you no that's that forearm tightness is actually your elbow starting to give and if you throw three more pitches you're going to have Tommy John. Uh, really, really tricky stuff. And you're right, the communication part, I hadn't even thought of that, but the, but the communication part, how do you, you know, the nuance of it, and how do you have that conversation with somebody and say, you know, uh, I, I don't want to miss this start because he doesn't. You know, he wants to earn his 20 million bucks, but I'm not quite right. And it's, you know, it's left to guys, you know, like look, when he drops three miles an hour on the radar gun, even though he's not a velocity guy, everybody in the building says there's something wrong with him. Um, but is that something wrong? Is that just you know fatigue or something you could pitch through, or is it something that's going to shut you down for six weeks or shut you down for a season? It's, you know, it's so it's, I, I think it's not it's not black and white even for the guy that it's happening to. What do you? Uh, how do you envision Gabriel Moreno arriving? Because they're getting a ton of production from their two catchers all of a sudden. I, I Ryan, I don't think there's any hurry now, which is kind of a luxury. But um, he's if you look at what he's doing in Buffalo, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, and he's very young to be at that level still at AAA, but he's hitting for average. He's not striking out much. Um, not a lot of power so far. He's only got one home run. But 
you know, part of what he's, you know, part of, and he's, you know, he's, again, the last couple of years, he hasn't played that much because of injury and then, you know, also because of COVID and what happened. But um, I, I think they want him to catch every day and and work on that part of the game. Every, you know, the, the, the report on him is, I still haven't seen him in the flesh. I was supposed to go down and see him a couple of weeks ago, but the game got rained out. Um, but the report is that he's, you know, very athletic behind the plate, decent receiver, uh, good arm, throwing to second base. Uh, but, you know, the, the catching, there's so much, you know, maybe even more involved in it now than there ever has been in terms of the information you have to process in calling a game. And and I think they want him to do that every day rather than bring him up to Toronto as a – you could bring him up now as a third catcher and you have one of your other two catchers DHing because they're both having great offensive years. But I think in any scenario, if you do that, he's going to be sitting a lot and he's just – he's not going to catch very much. So that wouldn't be ideal. So I, I don't – yeah, I I, I kind of thought he would force their hand because his, he was so good offensively that they would just not be able to keep him down anymore. But I think if you look at the way things are now, barring an injury, knock on wood, I, I'm not sure he'll get up till September and maybe not even then um, because you don't have to. Um, they, you know, Their main issue right now is how do you manage the workload with Kirk and Jansen? Like you'd love to have them both in the lineup every day because of the bat, so one of them DHing every day. But there's some risk in that because if one of them gets hurt, you lose your DH. But the bigger risk is you just wear them out. And I think they're they're very aware of, you know, workload with catchers and just trying not to, you know, not to wreck either of those guys through the season. Um, so I, I don't think we'll see. There'll be some days when you'll see both of them in lineup, but not not all that many. You see. Uh... An arm that misses bats for the bullpen, or a left-handed bat, a bigger priority. Yeah, I think I, a bullpen arms are always going to be a priority for everybody. So I think there's there's they just brought up a guy that they, they just brought up Beasley from AAA, who's we've seen with the Jays before, but who's having a real good swing and miss year down in Buffalo. Um, Nate Pearson pitched last night, this is his first outing at AAA. I just I didn't see him, but I looked at the lines. It wasn't overwhelming. Um, gave up a home run, struck out a couple of guys, threw almost as many balls as strikes. So I I don't think they're going to rush that. I think he's got to earn his way back up. There's a guy named Adrian Hernandez who's worth looking at in Buffalo who's who is very young and has jumped what three levels in a year, and he throws almost exclusively uh, changeups, like a, more of a, like a screwball kind of changeup, and gets. Look, look at his strikeout to walk numbers; like they're crazy. And I think that I think he would be interesting if you think that pitch could get major league hitters out. the the one, The issue with some of these guys is some of them aren't on the forty man roster, though. So you'd have to make a, a corresponding move. Now they've they've got a spot now because they DFA'd uh, Baraki, but it's easier to do it with the guys who are already on the forty man because you can just bring them up, set them back down, um, without having to do any, without having to let anybody else go. But I I think that could be you know that could be a discussion. You know, in the next three or four weeks, about because I think they they will want to look at some guys there first as they approach the deadline, kind of see what they've got. Left-handed bat, yeah, you know, but we said that before the season too, that they're they're very right-handed. Um, mm-hmm. There are some guys out there. Depends if t- you know which teams fall out of contention. Uh, you know, we're we're going to see a guy when when Kansas City they play Kansas City. We're going to see Andrew Benatendi. Uh, mm-hmm. That'd be an interesting guy. He, you know, plays and and he's a pretty good defensive player, but you know, can Kansas City's out of it? But are they gonna are they gonna punt on a guy like him? So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, look, are they gonna be active heading to the deadline? I'd guarantee it. 
I don't think there's any way that they won't be active. Stephen Brunt joining us. Uh, you had in your notes uh, a little bit of hockey and football. Uh, what are you seeing with round number three in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, last night felt kind of decisive, didn't it? Like that first game was crazy. Yeah. And I'm still not quite sure what to make of it. it. And it was fun. But, you know, the fact that the Oilers got themselves back in that game kind of made you think, well, yeah, that it looked like they were going to get rolled. But Colorado is also vulnerable here. And maybe neither of these teams can tighten it up. So who knows? And if it's just offense versus offense, Edmonton's going to have a chance. Uh, last night didn't feel like that. <laughs> it. It, uh, it felt like there's a better team and a worse team in that series. So we, as we approach the uh, cliche alert here, pivotal game three, uh, you know, I, I, I think <laughs> yeah. Edmonds, Edmonds has got a lot of questions to answer, don't they, after, after that? Uh, and Colorado looked like the, the best of Colorado, even with a backup goaltender in there. Yeah, so, that's the yeah. it's the sobering one, and you can say afterwards whether you lose one nothing or four nothing or whatever, it's just one game. The problem there is, is you also lost the other game in which you scored a number of goals, maybe enough to win. We've heard that a lot from Jay Woodcroft. He's been happy even in losses, where despite losing, has been happy with the amount of goals that they've been able to put in the opposition's net. Well, last night that number was zero. Um, I, I think I thought I said it to Frank and, and to Ryan. I thought the first period was like, all right, this is more like it. This mm -hmm. looks like a playoff series, two tough teams going at it. And then shots went 26-11 over the final two. The Avs had three goals in two minutes and four seconds. And I guess things can spin out of control on you when you give up goals that quickly. But it it feels now more like Colorado's ha Colorado has that ability to crank it up right now when we need it. And, and get the offense as opposed to what we've seen the Oilers do through two rounds. Uh, to see the Oilers get shut out, <laughs> I said, after game one, I didn't think anybody was getting shut out, but yet there we go. Uh, Pavel Francouz gets uh, gets the shutout. Game, yeah, yeah, I should have bet. I, I, in our wagering world, I you know I wish I'd had uh, Pavel Francouz yeah. shut out. Like, the, I the wish shutout, I'd bet yeah, that. Yeah. And I agree with uh, you. I think pivotal. Definitely pivotal well, game three. Well, and... You know, McDavid, when he has, you know, in these playoffs, in the rare times when he has been held in check for a game, they he has bounced back and done things, and Drysaddle's done things, and um, I, you know, we, that's what's got to happen here, and um, I assume to a degree that he will, mm. but it just, yeah, it feels a little more. Well, that's again, I did. It's always best not to overstate it after two games in a best of seven, and I've learned that lesson the hard way many times by writing columns that would not have held up <laughs> didn't hold up all that well historically when you went back and read them uh but let's yeah let's let's i think game three may well game three is going to tell that obviously if they go down oh three then you kind of know what's going to happen here but uh it's got to be a different kind of hockey game you know and, and uh, the oilers have to be able to win a different kind of hockey game against these guys so uh i i'm a i am i'm a little do a little doubtful about that right now but um it's, that's recency bias so let's let's see but yeah last night the abs were obviously very very impressive and it didn't feel you know the rangers beating tampa in that first game felt like uh you know a team coming off a long layoff versus a team that was still had crazy adrenaline pumping through it a little bit that way and that you kind of i still kind of think things will that 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 scale is going to tip the other way in that series just because i I've seen Tampa do it too much over the last uh, two two years plus two series, but this one that felt to me a little bit more like Colorado asserting themselves in a way that's probably you're not going to be able to counter. And finally, 
There is yes. uh, preseason football. The Stampeders are going to uh, they're going to be in Edmonton to take on the Elks. Elk, Elks. Yes. That's uh, that. We'll get. We'll figure that out uh, in a year or two. But but here we are. We wondered would there could there be and there is going to be a season and we're right on the cusp of it. Yeah, where it just feels like it's all fast forward. Is Bo is Bo Levi Mitchell going to be their starting quarterback there? By the way, I, yeah, is he the best option to be the starting quarterback right now? See, seems to be a question. Two different answers potentially there. I think he is the starter and will be the starter. But uh, as as Jake Mayer kind of evolves and and matures and his his play improves, I it's going to be it's going to be a major story here unless it just unless the shift happens early in the season and it just becomes an on factor. But yeah, it's it's one of the storylines for sure here. Yeah, I'd like to you know I'd say one of the storylines here the, it, that would suggest people were talking about it. Nobody is. Yeah. Um, and again, that's that's just true. It's not a that's not a knock at the league. Um, and it's it's very. I have a hard time looking at the East now and, and coming up. I think Hamilton's going to take a bit, of, a bit of a half step back, but that may not be the case by the end of the season. Um, you know, the Argos loaded up on some guys whose names you would know, but, you know, like Brandon Banks is, I think, past it. Um, I'm not sure what Andrew Harris is right now, uh, but they – they certainly went out and did some things to, to you know, they were pretty close last year. You know, mm -hmm. they, Hamilton had to, you know, go to Toronto and beat them in the Eastern Conference Final. Ottawa will be better because they've got Mazzoli. So they've got a guy who can play quarterback in the league. I think they'll be a fair bit better. Um, no idea about Montreal right now. Um, but, again, they, they may get some more consistency at the quarterback position. But it's, like, like this whole thing feels, it feels like we're, you know, like next week's still going to feel like we're in the preseason. You know, even though the regular season started, I think, I think it's going to be a bit, and I and I think that's not just because of the, you know, the non the the very short labor stoppage and the uncertainty this year, but just the kind of, it's it's about the all of it, the last two years kind of rolled into that, uh, um, the, the the strange season last year, the non season the year before that, uh, the new rules, the, uh, you know, the 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 hash marks that Randy Ambrosi talks a lot about. Mm. You know, it's, I, I think this is one where, you know, kind of give me a shout at the end of July and maybe we'll know what this looks like and, you know, have a sense of what the league looks like. Uh, it, it feels very much work in progress right now. So you are, uh, you're off next week. And yes. uh, so walk us through what's the, uh, what's the next 10 days look like? Well, they look pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to head on, at the beginning of next week, I'm going to head east. Um and stop in the Gaspé in Quebec, which is if a really nice place, by the way. Boy, what a nice part of Canada. I've been there the last couple of years uh, because it was one of the places COVID-wise I could get to, to fish. Yeah. Uh, but I really like it. Anyway, going there, uh, spending uh, three or four days fishing next week. And then it occurred to me that if I'm there, I might as well just keep going because I'm <laughs> halfway. I'm halfway to the boat. Yeah. So I am the my uh, I my wife is going to come back home uh, and I am going to the dog and I are going to do our road trip and just continue and so uh a week from Tuesday I will speak to you guys the ethernet willing um from the uh, from the eastern the eastern studios uh, because I'm going to be doing the radio show from out there a bit as well. That's right. the other yes because we now have the technology. Mm -hmm. Uh I'll why not? I might as well do this. Do some shows from out there, and it's and, it, and you know what? It's cold and wet out there right now. It's like six degrees, so that's how that's how ridiculous and it's beautiful here. 
but yet I am the siren song is calling me, so I'm heading back to Newfoundland. You listen. You don't. You're not. You're a. You're a leader, not a follower. We've known that about you for forever. So the fact that you would not just go with the rest of the sheep and enjoy the warm weather—that's not stunning at all. And, and, and now, no, that's now with Gaspé, I would recommend. Now I've not been, but check out the peninsula. Because I've heard oh, yeah? great things about the <laughs> peninsula. It'd be a shame to go to Gaspé and not see the Gaspé Peninsula. You're correct. Yes, I'll I'll see if I can. I'll ask for directions. Yeah. Which which way to the peninsula? How about we'll see how that goes? <laughs> fran- I'll do it en français. But yeah, uh, yeah that yes. Où est la peninsula? Or is it feminine? Yeah. Masculine? I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a law. Yeah. Well, safe travels, man. Enjoy uh, enjoy it. I want to. If you catch any fish in the peninsula, we we want to hear about it, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, sounds good. I will. I'll. I'll check in from uh, from Winterhouse Brook. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, buddy. See you guys. There is Stephen Brunt. Off to the peninsula. Have you? Is that uh, for you, Pinder? Have you been to the Gaspé Peninsula in your world no. travels? No. No. Quebec City, Montreal. That's about it. Been there. I've not been to Quebec City. I've been oh, to it's, Montreal. It's interesting. It's a wild part. Like I know. No, I can't speak to Quebec because I just told you I wasn't there. But going to Montreal, it's another one of those things. If it didn't cost a kajillion dollars to do it, and it's such a shame, it's such a neat part of our country. You feel like you're in another country altogether, uh, but yet they take uh, loonies and toonies, which is great. And you can speak some English in Montreal and be totally fine, whereas Quebec City, very Franco versus Is that right? Oh, yeah, like 90-10 versus 50-50. Well, I'd be fine. Because I do, right, uh, you would. I do parlez-vous uh, trebiens. So you the know, Frank is that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, the Pinder report is coming up. It's going to be great. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to how this is going to play out. But I mentioned earlier, you know, you were there, and I told you, so I know that you know what I'm about to tell you. That we have uh, a beautiful basics mm-hmm. package from Green Drop to give away. Forgot to do it yesterday. Going to do it today, and to make up for it, going to do two. Two green drop packages for two different winners today. Uh, Green drop, it's time to go visit uh, greendrop.com. A beautiful weed-free lawn is on the way, and it's easy. Just water it and cut it and let green drop take care of the rest. Buzz Boss is there to get rid of all the pests, the bugs and the mites and all that sort of thing to ensure that you have a great summer in your backyard. Now, here's your question. Are you familiar with Joe Diffie? I know Joe Diffie. You know Joe Diffie, right? You, Joe Diffie. Eh. Now, now again, I'm just, I'm just going to preface this because I feel like it's the Brent Cron rule. I'm going to ask a question. It's, it's a rhetorical for this room. I'm not looking for anyone to actually answer it because it's going to be the answer to the trivia question. So, see, Joe Diffie, Ryan, he is, uh, well, he was. He passed away uh, during COVID, I believe. Yes, he did. Um... He was a country music crooner. He uh, he had some bangers, some he real. Ever. He was if some flamethrowers for Joe Diffie, uh, and and one of them is the subject of this question. Now, uh, there was uh, a young man by the name of Billy Bob, and Billy Bob. He was born down in Dixie. He was a farm kid, and lo- just had a, such a crush on a girl by the name of Charlene. They met in high school and inseparable. Just you, you couldn't find two better people for one another. One, now, we don't condone this behavior. 
it was about midnight in July. He went up on the town's water tower and I guess kind of defaced it, but it, but it was a show of affection. He stood up on the water tower's rail. He painted a heart about 10 feet in size. And then in, in letters, again, about three feet high, he wrote, Billy Bob loves Charlene. Right on the big water tower, people the next day say, oh, what, what is, why would anyone do that? And they knew who it was, clearly, because who else would do it other than goofy old love-struck Billy Bob? And in the years that would follow Ryan, they tried to paint over it, but there was no use because it, you could see the heart regardless. It just kept showing through. There wow. it was, Billy Bob loves Charlene and the big three-foot heart. So the question for the Green Drop package today, what is the title of the banger of which I speak brought to you and uh, provided by Joe Diffie? Text in at 960-960, the title to the song, and we will have two of you leaving today with Green Drop prize packs. Charlene, must have been a catch, huh? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. Down in Dixie. We, we got, they got... Text line is on it. Yeah, they're on it. Of course they are. As they should be. They should be. They thought he should, instead of the, now, don't, again, don't want to give it away. A lot of people are like, why would he use that color? Why wouldn't you use red? But didn't have red. This is the color he had. And they couldn't uh, try as they might repainting that big, dumb water tower. But there it was for all to see. Text in the name of the song. And uh, we'll get you a winner. Coming up, Hour 3, George Richards will talk Florida Panthers hockey. Uh, Kevin Smith will join Ryan, in theory, depending on technical uh, the technical advancements mm. that we have. We're hoping that uh, Ryan will talk to Kevin Smith. We've got what you want to talk about and all that coming up here on a, uh, on a very busy show. But when we come back, the Pinder Report. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Eastern Conference Final will be on your radio tonight. Six sharp. We will take you to Madison Square Garden once again. It was bumping the other night. We had Sam Rosen on yesterday, play-by-play voice of the Rangers. Loving it. Rangers up one game to none. And as uh, Frank has mentioned, and we've all it's very clear. Tampa Bay, good at a bounce back. 17-0 after losing since the start of the 2020 playoffs. It's going to end at some point. Uh, the question is, is that tonight? Uh, what did I see? John Cooper, I want to get, uh, calling it a bonus, quote-unquote bonus, that if they get uh, Braden Point back at all in the Eastern Conference Final, which is probably not a shock. Because that looked... That looked significant, the injury that he sustained last round, the way he limped off, could barely get could barely get off the ice onto the bench, let alone skate or move move around. So it's a big loss potentially for the lightning. Have you seen him trying to skate? I saw him fall into the corner a couple days ago. Didn't look good. It didn't look good. Yeah, they had him on the practice sheet and you're like, ooh, that's not a nimble. Braden point. Yeah. Hmm. I like uh, people that text in. Like I had uh, 
for the, uh, the, the contest. And I had it here. It stood on the rail and painted a 10-foot heart and the three-foot letters. And so, oh, I... Boomer, it was a 10-foot heart. Three-foot letters and a 10-foot heart. Okay, well, I guess I said three-foot heart. Uh, from the guy who also texted in the wrong song oh. title mm. and then Come doubled back with the right song title. So if you're going to if you're going to correct somebody about clearly just a dumb like boom you said it first you said it correct the first I time. Did, I did say it correct the first yeah. time and then I doubled back and I was blathering which I do look kind of right, like right now. So thanks mm. for the correction and congrats on not being a winner. Uh, this yeah, time did you want to win? Yeah. Or what was your strategy? Yeah, there? Congrats on not winning. We'll talk Florida Panthers hockey coming up in hour number three, among other things. But right now, it's time for the Pinder Report brought to you by MotorWorks. Exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all your competitor quotes. Go ahead, try. They're going to beat them. 51st Ave, 3rd Street. Go ahead. Ryan Pinder. Ryan Pinder. Ryan Pinder. All right, you hear the tunes, Dean. We got Flames news. Jack Adams no, apparently yeah. bit of- Oh, I thought you were going to do the Gaudreau thing again. I'm like, just, no, 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 no. You no. actually do Actual. have Flames news today that you could go to. Might have been a jerk, but that Jack Adams, his trophy, can have Daryl Sutter's name all over it. Boom. Daryl wasn't too keen on the award a couple weeks ago. Let's yeah. uh, revisit that. Well, it's not the best coach, first off. If the coaches voted on the best coach every year, you'd see a quite a bit different list the last 15 years. So the way I look at it is that I don't I don't need that on my resume. Some guys do. So I'd rather see young guys win it, quite honest. Or guys that have maybe got a raw deal somewhere. I like a guy like Gerard. Got a raw deal in Florida, got a raw deal in Vegas. If I had a vote, I know who I'd vote for. <laughs> And in Daryl fashion, he held his media availability days ago and probably won't acknowledge receiving the award. Well, you know, I actually have a clip here if you'd like to hear it. Okay. He sat down with uh, old, what's his name there? Uh, Park, Parky Parker mm. with the, uh, yeah. So Parks. from CalgaryFlames.com, this was uh, Daryl Sutter talking with Parks on, uh, on, the, on the victory. For me to be able to say that, you know, you coached in the 80s, the 90s, 2000, 2010s, 2020s, and to have had success all the way through is, is tells you not only the evolution, but that how you change too. And as the season came to a close, Ryan, we, we were looking at not only uh, in terms of all-time victories, but all-time games coached. He's, he's in that elite class now. He is up in the top tens and, and all of that. We're, we're looking at a Hall of Fame coach who gets his first Jack Adams. So I, I, he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to gush about it, but I'm sure that there's... Because his brother Brian, of course, has one. Now he has one, plus the Stanley Cups. The uh, the resume is an impressive one for Daryl. No question, and I'm sure he's ecstatic today, right? Yeah, I, mm. I, probably not uh, popping champagne, I don't think. Okay. Uh, his 19th year, he gets it done. Let's get Who to the answer. Who cares? No, yeah. I see there, yeah. That was also okay. from yesterday, yeah. There it is. Uh, last night, Abs Oilers, Dean, game two. Savior Mike Smith finally confirmed in net for the Oilers, and Pavel Francouz, the nod for the Avalanche. Huge opportunity early. The Abs get a 91 second five on three, but the Oilers kill it off. Scoreless through 20, 
Could the Oilers ride that momentum into the second period? No. Turn it over. Ranton and back for Kadri. He scores! The Kadri man can! Off the turnover, Nazem Kadri makes the Oilers pay! Number 91, Nazem Kadri! Here's a chance for Manson. He scores! Man, oh, Manson! <laughs> and just like that, it's 2 nothing Avalanche! Two on one, here they come, Kadri, over for Ranton, and he scores! The Moose is loose! Kadri has three points in the period. And this place is going absolutely bonkers. Bonkers, Dean. Bonkers. Absolutely. So does everybody have big, deep, ballsy pipes in Denver? Is that how that works? And uh, congratulations, that's scored! Goodness gracious. Thin air. Is that what it is? Or the pot? The weed and the thin air. All all the above, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, To the third, more abs. Kill McCarr keeps it in at the deep slot. Shot from McKinnon. He scores! The Mac attack is back, Jack! (laughs) (laughs) Is back. It was back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not close. And you know who was really, really good that the fans didn't forget about? Their goalie. They're all on their feet here, guys. The Frankie Chats are going. And now he acknowledges the fans. Tip of the cap, like a pitcher going back to the dugout. He did. He got to give him the old, uh, yes, yes, thank you, uh, please. More about me. I am great. I hear your, I hear your chanting, and it's appropriate because I am now going to make could... twenty-four saves here by the time this is all said and done, and post the shutout. That, all that true. Yeah. And if you don't mind, maybe Pavel, Pavel, could we do that? Game five when we're back, if we're back. Mm. Frankie. He was great. Yeah, he was fine. Kadri, three helpers. Lekkanen played a role as well on that line, as did Rantanen, each of them finishing with a goal and an assist. And here we go. 2-0 lead. Thoughts, Dean? It was a lot of avalanche. They poured it on. I've said it numerous times. At first, I thought it was very close. Shots on goal were 14-13 for the Avs, but then three goals in 204. That's going to take a bit of zip out of your game. It's going to be a little disheartening, and it was for the Oilers, obviously. And they got a little chippy into the third period and all of that, which you would expect. Um, tough night for Darnell Nurse. Kyler Yamamoto gets rocked and leaves the game, does not come back. Upper body injury. But they're going home. And what do we say, Ryan? You're not in trouble until you until lose you're at the foot of the Rockies. No, that's right. Yeah. And uh, you're losing the Kate Stone. They haven't done that yet. So we'll see that Mm -hmm. tomorrow night. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. there you go. Okay, tonight, game two. Rangers, Bolts, Tampa, down one nothing in the series? Don't give me this s***. Okay, I mean, sorry, Phil. I mean, that is the series score. One nothing series. Settle down, bud. Now, they were down one nothing to Toronto. I think we remember how that ended. They were not down one nothing to Florida. Um, Maybe in a game, but not in the series. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Six o'clock, Sportsnet West. Do you believe Igor's better? Uh Uh-oh. 
And of course, talking about Igor Shosturkin over uh, Vasilevsky, I would expect a bounce-back effort from uh, both the Lightning and their goaltender tonight. 6 o'clock, Sportsnet West. We've got it here on your radio. Rangers lead the series 1-0. Other news, yeah. Arizona and the city of Tempe chatting about a rink. There's no issue with the Arizona Coyotes. They, uh, they, they had need a little rink, yeah. city meeting. I mean, the issue is they need a, a rink, and the owner's a bit of a Richard. Like, we have a rink here. There's issues, but because it, it's an old rink, and it's tired. Mm-hmm. But there is a rink. Mind you, I guess there is, a, there is a rink there, they've too. They've been evicted but, uh, from yeah, there. They got so hoofed. Yeah. Uh, here's some of the concerns. Uh, Sky Harbor, the airport there, suggests that this big complex that would be part of the rink development too close to the end of the runway, that noise will be a severe issue. Oh, get out of here. Get over it, Sky it's Harbor. It's an airport. <laughs> You're a bloody airport. What are you worried about? I mean, about? Should, shouldn't the people buying the condos, or they, they should be the ones worried, not the airport. If you live, and it, if you buy the airport and you bitch about noise, give your head a shake. Yeah, did, did you? it's not a prison. You weren't forced to go there. <laughs> uh, also tonight, hockey-wise, AHL Stockton, game one of the Western Conference Final. They're in Chicago tonight, Dean. And uh, two in Chicago, three in Stockton, two more in Chicago will be the format. That's right. So in Chicago tonight to take on the White Sox. I think they're the Wolves. The Heat and the White Sox tonight. We will not have this on your radio. Hungry like the Wolf. Okay. We'll move along to Major League Baseball. (laughs) Play them all. Play them all. I think Gibby laughed over the play. He did, he did, yeah. Stepped on it. Jays looking for a second sweep in a row, closing out a three-game set with the Sox. A matinee. You know who likes matinees? Santiago Espinel. Oh, is that right? Here's a liner into right center field, a base hit for Espinel. Tapia bolts around second. They're going to send him to the plate. Sheets digs it off the wall. The relay by Harrison. The play at the plate. Not in time. Espinal runs from second to third. The Blue Jays have a 2-0 lead over the White Sox. That was in the fifth, not of the sixth. Here's Teoscar Hernandez who drills one. Deep left field. Vaughn looks up at the wall. It's gone! 4-0 there. They chase Johnny Cueto with four earned runs over six. Meanwhile, big boy Alec Manoa. Solid again. Shut out through seven innings. Got into trouble in the eighth. They eventually would score three with the Sox, but they get some more Jays run support in the bottom half. 1-1. Line the other way, a base hit into right field. Into score. Here comes Biggio right behind him. Chapman, the throw is late to the plate. Two-run base hit, Santiago Espinal. Jays win 8-3. Espinal, three for five, three RBIs. He's had a nice year, Dino. Well, of course he has. But, I, I mean, I, I told you that. I told you coming play into ball. the year, keep an eye on it, on Espinal because he knows how to play ball. My kid calls him San Diego Espinal. Yeah, well, and like so that. did you there at the start. You kind of... I know. Yeah, that's, it can happen. Where in the world is San Diego Espinal? Uh, he'll be at home against the Twins tonight, Patrick. No, Glad thanks. you asked. They've won eight in a row. You say Kikuchi. I say Sportsnet 1 at 5 o'clock. Five, okay. Fair enough. NBA Jam, let's go. 
That's right. Yep. Boston traded by 12 through three quarters. Team. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, well, they had a good fourth quarter. Then what happened? Yeah, let's go to the fourth. Golden State hasn't scored in the last four minutes. Here's Tatum. Working against Wiggins. Back out to Smart in rhythm for three. Splash! Which allowed them to hang around just enough until they found rhythm offensively. Brown on the baseline. Horford inside. Counted and one. Uh, Al Horford, the old goat. Dropping trays. Outscored the Warriors 40-16 in the fourth quarter, including a 17-0 run. Whew. 120-108, Celtics win game one. Did not see that one coming. I watched a bit of this game and went away from it because it was all Steph Curry. What do you have, six threes in the first quarter, and it looked like it was going to be a runaway. What have we known about the playoffs this year? It's all just landslide victories, and this one kind of was too. Just not, uh, not the way it looked like it was going. It's a big win for the Bostonians. Game two Sunday. Yeah, man. Finally, crowded leaderboard at the Memorial in Dublin, Ohio. Canadian Mackenzie Hughes, one of six players tied for the lead after round one. Over a nine, Mackenzie Hughes. He's made his way all the way to four under. Oh. Is he at five? Oh, oh wow. how about it? Yeah. Mackenzie Hughes, another man who drops one in the bucket from off the green. He closes with a five under 67. Dropped it in the bucket on 18 there, Dean. Aussie Cam Smith, one of the others, tied at minus five. Yeah. All I had was me undies on, and I've walked out the front. And... Yeah. Yeah. And my pick for the week, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, DQ'd for a club violation. Hmm. I haven't seen that before. Uh, had some white paint on his driver. You can't do that. Son of a hmm. gun. Yeah. Darn it. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, as for today, crap, 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 hell, dang, crap. Denny McCarthy at six under has the lead. He's two under for the day. Mackenzie Hughes is given back a stroke. He's at minus four. Uh, finally, CFL. In this month, watch a Canadian football long ass field. Stamps final preseason tune-up goes at the foot of the Rockies. The three-down version of the Battle of Alberta from Commonwealth. Wow. Huge fundraiser for the Ukraine tonight. $15 tickets. Big crowd expected. Awesome. And, and then, the Oktuk's Dogs yeah. uh, are hosting Brooks tonight, 705 Seaman Stadium. There yeah, you go. Yeah, get after it. 705 Seaman Stadium. Why not? Get some baseball up in you. I mean, you can't because you're not here, but everybody else. Get the get get down there. I mean, Dodgers and Mets tonight, but. I mean, it's no Seaman Stadium. That's right. Get, get done. out of here. Yeah. Pinder Report brought to you by MotorWorks. Exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all competitors. Quotes, 51st Ave, 3rd Street, Southeast. Break back with George Richards. We'll talk Florida Panthers. Coming up, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.